Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Sean Keeler, at Eric Goodman. On Tuesday, there's an auction for vehicles, contractor and rental yard equipment, featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, mini skid steers, air compressors, and more. Auction is open at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Nuggets head into the all-star break. Three-game losing streak. Fourth seed in the Western Conference. Two and a half games behind the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sean, you really wrote a great, you always write great columns. Oh, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. Well, maybe I am. So you you wrote a great column uh, talking to Christian Brown, how he's a little bit banged up. And you can argue he's going through a sophomore slump. I've been saying that it doesn't look like he has taken a step forward. From my point of view, he takes exception to that, apparently. He does. And 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 by the way, thank you again for having me. Always great to see you on a Friday. Especially this <laughs> early in the morning. This early in the morning. Yeah. This ain't in the weekend. No, and what's funny to me, A, a, a you're not alone. And B, we talked about the eye test that none of that seems to add up for him too. What what I found really interesting about Christian in our conversation that I had with him after the Kings game was that I'm like, you know, you, you try to think of you. You're so good in a locker room in addition to your many talents. And I'm saying that to you because I'm sitting next to you. Um, I, would, but, I would too. I would too. Right. But uh, Alex kill his mic. There is no, but there, <laughs> there is a way to broach more challenging topics. You have to kind of think yeah. of a way to not like, Hey, what every Joe fan says, Hey, you want to ask so-and-so why they stink or stronger words than that. Like there is a way to go, but there is an art as you know it well to going about that yes. line of questioning. So I bring that up because my line of questioning with Christian was you're shot. I, I know that you do work on this. I know that this is important to you. Why do you think people think you haven't made that step? And do are you aware that, people are frustrated with the defending championship team with you on it and your role in it, that you haven't taken that step. And what was remarkable to me, besides the fact that I don't think he was defensive. He was kind of like, and we talked about the chip on the shoulder, Jayhawk, Bill self guy about it and kind of straightens up. And he's, he's a very pleasant guy. He's not unpleasant in any, in any capacity to talk to, but what surprised me too, and this is in the column, uh, that's up now at denverpost.com. It's on your doorstep if you if you have the print paper, and bless you if you do, is that he's like, yeah, I read everything, or words to that effect, which may or may not be true, but I just sort of laughed at like, as someone who has to be careful not to type his name in on Twitter, especially after he writes about Deion Sanders, that I'm like, why would you subject yourself to this if you had a choice? But he's like, because I'm going to prove people wrong, and I've always been the way I'm. He that chip on the shoulder is stuff he goes and looks for. Um, I don't think he should look for his name lately, but but maybe he does, and that helps him. But he says that's always helped him. That surprised me because I can see that doing just as much harm as it does good. Don't you find it somewhat ironic that people say I don't care what people think about me and say about me, yet you spend a lot of time listening to what other people say about you and read what other people write about you. I suppose you can take motivation however you want to, but deep down, he knows how he's playing. He doesn't need to hear it from outside people. 
If Mike, Michael Malone is saying this to him, that's one thing. His teammates are saying it, that's something else. His attitude is these people have never played in the NBA. They probably haven't played in college. Maybe they played a little bit in high school. What the hell do they know? But deep down, I think when he is home alone and he's just sitting on a chair thinking about what he needs to do to get better, he knows he isn't doing what he had hoped he would have accomplished in terms of taking a step forward this season. He knows that. He must know that. And if he doesn't know that, then he's delusional. And, and I hate to say it that way. Mm. He knows he needs to be better. He went from being the eighth guy off the bench to now being really the sixth Six, guy yeah. off the bench, although you can certainly argue for Reggie Jackson. But there are a lot of hopes for Christian Brown that he's going to be a key part of this team and not just coming off the bench glue guy. And he goes back to, and he did in our discussion, and it's in the column there too, that, look, you guys, he kind of said in a very amorphous, you guys, the audience, the fans, you've seen me on the biggest stage do what I do. I can flip that switch again. He believes he can. That's that's a dangerous mentality. I was about to say that that's his belief, but I think that's harder to actualize and do than it is to say. And especially... For reasons we've talked about where you, you are the hunted, your whole team is exhausted. Your star is exhausted. A couple of your starters didn't play. You know who you know could flip the switch on that team? Who's really good at it? If, if Christian Brown feels he can flip a switch, good. How many points is he averaging a game? Seven. Seven, good. Yeah. Now when he goes to the playoffs, he needs to score 15 because eight points a game between the regular season and the playoffs is what Jamal Murray does. Right, I was about to say. That's Murray, flipping Murray a switch. Flips, Murray flips That's flipping everything. a switch. Yeah, yeah, he's the king of that. And it's not because Jamal Murray doesn't try in the regular season. It's because he's just really stinking good mm-hmm. in the playoffs. They will. Ne- what have we been talking about since the beginning of the season? Losing Bruce Brown was a big deal. Now you have... Two young guys coming off the bench and Peyton Watson and Christian Brown. Personally, and you know, Bruce and I talked about on the show yesterday. For this team to win a championship, I don't know what is more important. Those two guys making major contributions, or Michael Porter Jr. really taking the next step. Because I haven't seen the next step. Yes, he gets a few more rebounds a game when they fall into his lap. No one is ever going to confuse Michael Porter Jr. with Dennis Rodman crashing the glass. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture Dennis Rodman uh, with with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and his skill set taking that many shots. No, it's a, it's going to have to be a cumulative thing. But those two young guys, fair or not, have more of it on their respective backs. And that's from Calvin Booth. That's from Michael Malone. That's all the way down. And... I think both those guys know the difference now as opposed to a year ago is they have so much less financial flexibility to, to, to as, as you guys talked about the trade deadline, to try to impact things. They can't magic that. They could look for buyout guys now, and I imagine they still will because this has been a pretty rough eight, nine days <laughs> that they hit the break. But they got what they got, and those guys were always incumbent to set the floor for what this was going to be. I should say set the playoff floor. This is a 50-win team. 
you and I are ninth or 10th. I mean, that's how good the starting five or six are. But where you go in the playoffs, it's a little bit like the, the hockey analogy you told me once, your buddy uh, had said to you that uh, the regular season's about your top, top two, two lines. lines. Playoffs are about your, your bottom two. Yep. I, I think to some degree with these nuggets, the playoffs are going to be about six through 10. I think Kenny, Kenny, uh, Kenny Smith said that uh, during the pregame when I was talking to him uh, in their green room before they came out for the, the TNT tip-off. They said uh, verbatim that the, the Nuggets' postseason fate will be about 6 through 10, and the signs... Oh, okay. It will not go to 10. Yeah, well, 6 through eight. 8. Sorry, 6 through 8. Yeah. Uh, and those signs haven't been great. Here, let's go back to something Calvin Booth said at the beginning of the season. I know this chapped the ass of a lot of Nuggets fans where Calvin Booth basically said, as much as we would like to repeat as champs, that's not the priority. The priority is to win two or three more championships over the next five years than trying to win a championship this year. You know what that's code for? It's code for one thing. Christian and Peyton Watson, we are counting on you heavily to develop big time because we are strapped financially. We can't bring in more veterans. We are counting on you to develop where now we have a pretty strong bench. And Christian, I'm sure he can flip that switch defensively. But offensively, offensive, offensive play is skill. Defensive play is effort. No one is questioning Christian Brown's effort. But again, I said this in the opening hour of the show. I thought he'd be a guy who'd be firing up 503 pointers a day during the offseason. Whatever work has been done, and work has been done, you cannot presume we joke about the party guy in the parade. And I'm not suggesting happened. he has. No, and work. no one is saying he isn't. But you know what working. it hasn't done? It hasn't paid off. And it, 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 we haven't seen it. Is it, what, what it hasn't translated Correct. on a consistent basis yet. Right. He, he can say it's about my role, it's about this and that. But to your point, and, and that's the thing people need to keep in mind about this Nuggets season the rest of the way is, yeah, from the jump, and I think it was, was it the, the Ringer story you're talking about where, where Calvin laid that out and then kind of they kind of danced around yep. that a little bit after mm-hmm. they said it. But I think he was very honest because this season, because of the way their, the, their payroll structure and the cap and their limitations – is going to be a referendum on Watson and on Brown the way that this last football season, the Broncos, was a referendum on Russ and how he could work with Peyton, and we saw how that worked out. Think about this for a second. I'll ask you, when you look at the future of this team, and I'm taking away every single guy in the starting lineup, give me four guys who are the future of this team, whether they come off the bench or eventually go into the starting lineup. That aren't in the starting five? That are not in the starting five. I, Brown, I, Brown, Watson... Well, Strother. Strother. Maybe Pickett. They, they play Holiday a lot, you yeah. know, whether, and I, and I think. Okay. I'll go with Holiday. My point is, yeah. my point is, is that Holiday is the veteran of the group, right? Yeah. Then you have two sophomores, and then you got a whole bunch of freshman draft picks. Pickett, Strother, and the guy from North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. That's the future. They're expecting a couple of sophomores to really step it up. They have to, because where else are they going to turn to bring in help? Jamal Murray is about to get a big contract. Mm -hmm. I don't think he will get a Supermax deal, but he's about to get a big contract. Throw in MPJ's contract and Jokic's new contract. The only 
team that has worse salary cap problems than the Nuggets last year is the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's it. Coming up after the break, the Colorado Rockies, pitchers and catchers have reported. What are people nationally saying about the Rockies, as those guys have reported? For all the criticism I have heard around here from the local media, wow, the national media was even stronger. And that's quite a statement. And that's nice. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Sean Keeler, at Eric Goodman, Tuesday. There's an auction for vehicles, contractor, and rental yard equipment featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Castle Rock Men's Health and Castle Rock and Aurora. There are a lot of chop shops out there that you hear on the radio. They want to scare the hell out of you. Do you have ED? Do you have a lack of energy? They want to tell you everything that's wrong with you. What I love about Castle Rock or Castle Rock Men's Health and Castle Rock and Aurora is they actually have a real doctor on staff, Dr. Lee. I have an internist and then I have Dr. Lee. He takes his time going over my blood work with me. He really genuinely cares that I'm in optimum shape on a lot of different things. Am I taking the right supplements? Is my testosterone where it needs to be? Are my estrogen blockers where they need to be? It's not some guy walking around in a lab coat and he looks like a doctor. Dr. Lee is a doctor. He's the type of guy that you want to go to. And I swear by him, he is so stinking good at what he does. Go to crmenshealth.com. That's crmenshealth.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health and Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. To say that the national media is critical of the Rockies is an understatement. Uh, Matt Snyder of CBS Sports ranked the Rockies 29th out of 30 teams. This is what he wrote. Rockies haven't won more than 74 games in a season since 2018. Um, That won't change this upcoming season. It's just an incredibly poorly run franchise. ESPN had an article. This is the line that really just sticks out to me. The team known for the altitude in which it plays has never been lower. Right now, there doesn't seem to be a floor for how low things might get. I think it's too strong to call this team an embarrassment, but I'll I'll put it to you like this. When you talk about somebody else personally, okay, how you feel about them, there is 
or when it comes to emotions, there are different types of emotions. And I'm going to just bottle it up into three. There's joy, there's anger, and then there's indifference. You would rather have joy or anger because at least there's an emotion attached to it. With indifference, you just don't care. And that's the Rockies. It is, and we are, we're kind of falling, if you take that, those two poles and, and put indifference in like a sliding between the, the bed and the the bed and the dresser. Right. You know, going down, we're, we're sliding deeper into that all the time. And I, I think if there's anybody that could use a franchise in this town besides the Broncos, they could use kind of a, a kick up the backside to get people excited. Well, and maybe the Broncos are a terrible example because everyone presumes in any Broncos season, the glass is always half full until they continually prove it the other way. Um, but yeah, the, the indifference is mounting. And but not you, at the gate. Not at the gate. And that's... Because once again, it's like what Casa Benita was yeah. before the new Casa Benita. If the food is the reason why you go to a restaurant, the Rockies, in theory, should be the reason why you go to the ballpark. At Casa Benita, the food was terrible. But you went for the cliff divers. You went for the entertainment value. And that's why you go to Coors Field and all the bars that surround it. The conundrum of the Rockies, one of the problems of the Rockies, is to their mind, in the face of this, they see that everything's fine. Because the business end of it, the tourism end of it, to your point about the Casa Bonita parallel, is dead on. That thing is a, is just a money machine, and it keeps rolling. Um, that they don't see the baseball side of it. That, as we've talked about, the baseball is second. And yet, we, we got a little contentious last hour about how much does Dick Montfort want to win. And, I, and I, you can say that he wants to win, but how badly if it meant changing your business philosophy and your core philosophies as a family, um, I, I don't think they want to do that. And that makes me say he doesn't want to win badly enough. I think he wants to win badly, but what overshadows that is he is change averse. He just doesn't want to change. He wants. He wants a nice, comfortable pair of jeans, even if it has holes all over the place, instead of having a really nice pair of jeans where you take pride in walking down the street. He's just change averse. And I don't think he has much of a Rolodex because he keeps hiring from within. And clearly that is not working. And it's a shame. He's a really smart businessman. He is the guy who is behind McGregor Square. He's a really smart businessman. The problem is, here, when you make business decisions, you should never let emotions get in the way. You need to be completely pragmatic and unemotional when you make a business decision. The problem for Dick Monfort is, when he looks at that roster, he has emotions about every single guy, and that clouds his judgment. When he promotes a guy like Bill Schmidt, it clouds his judgment because he likes Bill. And I don't know if Bill's necessarily a yes man. I can't, I don't know enough about Bill Schmidt and Dick Monfort's relationship. He's just hoping that things will get better because it's comfortable for him. But it doesn't mean he doesn't want to win. He's, I mean, you know plenty of people who are adverse to change. That is his Achilles heel. But it's not because he doesn't want to win. 
the family atmosphere and tone of the Rockies is the best and worst thing is the best thing about the atmosphere and the environment from staff ushers all the way on down. There's what makes Coors Field, there are many levels that make Coors Field great and whatever level you want, but the family feeling is strong. It's hard to run a good baseball team that way because you have to make hard, uncomfortable, awful decisions uh, that you wouldn't do to your loved ones, but you have to do in this game, and they won't do it. Pat Boland would do that. Pat Boland was as compassionate as it gets, but when it came to making a hard decision, yeah, I mean, I got to make this move to cut you. Because Dick Monfort looks at every player on that team, just about every player on that team, like one of his sons, it's like firing one of his sons. And he doesn't have the stomach for it. <laughs> and that's how you get a Pakoda projection of whatever, 97 losses, and a, a fan graphs one of 99. And I think they're going to push 100 again. And that indifference just... How much indifference is it to your point about where the Rockies risk going is enough to make Dick Modford change fundamentally what he is. I'll give you a perfect example on how he won't change. He just gave Charlie Blackman a one-year deal for $13 million. Charlie Blackman is not the face of the franchise. He's the beard of the franchise. But with that, he loves Charlie so much, he's willing to give him $13 million to stick around because he likes Charlie. His skills are clearly diminishing. At one point in his career, he was arguably the best leadoff hitter in baseball. Mm-hmm. But that was that was such a long time ago. Yeah. So he likes Charlie around. Here's thirteen million. That's the family thing again. There That's are, what I there, mean. There are teams in baseball, ninety eight percent of them, maybe ninety, that won't do what the Rockies do. Because and that Blackman is a great example. I'm going to give you another the, real the nostalgia. They love the nostalgia. I like you. The fans love you. I want them to have people to love. Come back. Yeah, it's above market. Come do this. I need to look this up. And we talked about it last year because I was given some information that the Rockies had the opportunity last year to make a trade with the Florida Marlins. Can you look this up, Alex? The guy that they would have been able to get back in the deal. Do you know the guy's Pablo name? Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez. The Rockies, did you know that? They could have gotten Pablo Lopez. He would have been perfect for Coors Field. But they had to trade Brendan Rodgers. And Brendan Rodgers grew up in this organization. And Dick doesn't want to trade anybody who grew up in this organization. And that was an absolute no-brainer to make that trade, and he didn't. That's like Charlie Black, right? Brendan Rodgers grew up in the organization. The only guy since I've been here more hyped coming out as a rookie was Ian Stewart. Brendan Rodgers is number two. How many years have we heard about Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers, yeah, Brendan? Yeah. And finally, Brendan Rodgers wins a gold glove. Great. I'd rather have a pitcher that you can trade for knowing you're not going to get anybody in free agency and knowing the history of drafting and development. Pablo Lopez went 11 and eight with the twins with a sub four ERA in the American league. Right. Ground ball pitcher Uh against sinker ball guy keeps the ball in the yard. Yeah. He went to the twins, went to the twins and that, and the the, Luis Rice, Luis Rice rate, kind of a win-win. He was even better in Miami. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. You want those guys. You, you would have made yourself better immediately. 
there, but but he doesn't uh, doesn't want to lose what he doesn't want to lose. Yeah, falling in the only thing worse than hating a getting what, what I think you've said this too. What getting rid of a player one year too early is getting rid of a one or two years too late. Well, that's what and the Bill, Rockies are just continually. That's what Bill Belichick was was good at yeah. getting rid of a guy one year too early. Too early. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for Robert Kraft, he got rid of Bill Belichick one year too late. Isn't that somewhat <laughs> ironic? But but let's think about this for a second as we talk about Brendan Rodgers. Give me the two guys who you see as the future of this franchise. Uh, Rod, Rod, two guys. Two guys. Pick two. Because uh, you, you can only have one face of the franchise, right. but I'm going to give and you that's Chris, two guys. That's Chris Bryant. Kind of, sort of. Let me tell the jokes. But, but it is. <laughs> You know what I mean. Yeah. The face of the franchise is Ezekiel Tovar and Nolan Jones. Why isn't it Brendan Rodgers? Because it's Nolan Jones and Ezekiel Tovar. Nolan Jones hits. Right. So you don't want to trade away a guy who's not the face of the franchise. But you watched him grow up. You changed his diapers. You fed him. You put him through college. I don't want to fire him even if I know I'm getting something better in return. Coming up after the break, FanDuel has put odds on Russell Wilson. Is he going to come back to the Broncos? I think all of us have a pretty good idea here. So why in the world would you bet on it? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Sean Keeler at Eric Goodman. On Tuesday, there's an auction for vehicles, contractor, and rental yard equipment featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, air compressors, and more. Auction is open right now. RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Nola Jane Restaurant and Bar. Let Nola Jane spice up your next trip to Lodo with the best Cajun cuisine in Denver. FanDuel put out odds where Russell Wilson is going to end up playing next year. Pittsburgh is the favorite. The Broncos are next at three and a half to one. Atlanta and New England. The Falcons are at four and a half to one. New England is at six and a half to one. Or actually, excuse me. Atlanta and New England are both at four and a half to one. Vegas is six and a half to one. Bruce and I talked about this, I believe, on the show next week. I don't know if he's going to wind up in New England. But when you look at Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and Vegas, you got a built-in story, Mr. Denver Post sports columnist, because all three of those teams are coming to Denver next season. Yeah, Vegas is just too good to be true. Isn't it? it just, you just, you just think. Twice a year? How, yeah, to, yeah in, in a franchise that's been, an, an, you know, the Chiefs thing you can kind of get on one level. The Raiders thing makes zero right. sense because they are more messed up. 
in you on so many right. levels. Um, so in a way, kar- you know, karmically, that could be really good or really terrifying. <laughs> like if the streak you know, of some of that bad mojo yeah. with the Raiders keeps up when it's rough. The you know we say how can it get worse for the Rockies? The only way it could ever get worse for the Broncos than it has been in the last say five six years is if you get beat. I mean you've been beat by Hackett for God's sake. Right. If you get beat by Russ, right? Even once. Um. So the Raiders are out there, and I I think there's a bit of me that that I guess from a you know if the NFL is scripted as the running joke goes, boy that would be a heck of a subplot one. I can see the Vikings getting in on that for some reason because of the the Kirk Cousins yeah. thing too. Yeah. Okay. So the one thing that I like about sports talk radio, I look at it as two guys sitting on bar stools. You know, sometimes ranking lists who's the best quarterback of all time. With that, I would Russell Wilson falls into two separate categories. Worst trade in Denver sports history. Mm. And the other category is worst signing in Denver sports history. Can you, how strong of a case can you make that he is on top of both lists? The second one more than the first. I'm going to keep defending the trade because everybody at, loved it. Right. Because at the time, right. it was the big swing at a time when right before the ownership change where you went, God, they've got it. They just tried the recycle, 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 reuse, you know, great for the environment, bad for quarterbacks. And it just, you know, Joe Flacco case on down the line, nothing gets stuck. So I actually still will defend the trade. I cannot, never will defend and understand the extension. That was wait, 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 wait. two wait, separate things. When you made the trade, there was a strong understanding by both sides. He's getting a new contract. Sure. So I can defend the signing, too. He just didn't work out. There was no way that you were going to trade for Russell Wilson and not extend him. Now, with everything that you gave up, you gave up so much capital, you're going to let him try out for a year and see if he's any good. That was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be extended, don't you think? Uh, To some degree, but I don't think you had to go as far as you did. I think you needed to give yourself more security there and not... Meaning what? You sold the farm twice. So you got... I mean, just the way that's structured. Well, you expected them to work out. Right, you, that, so well, you're defending you get, the trade. I'm defending the trade, and I, and I agree with you. Yeah, I, I just can't... So when would you have given him the extension? I, I would have let him try. I would have let him try out. I would have mm. said try out. And now whether that would have... You don't do played, that with a Hall of Fame quarterback. You don't... Well, mm. now, he, now you wonder if he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's be how this thing. is working. He's out. a Hall of Fame But I don't think it's the worst trade in town. I Yet... Yet, because Nolan to the Cardinals is a pretty high bar to clear, yes. especially with the money involved. And I know this has turned into two hours of Montford bashing. Uh, a lot of segments, regardless of what segment we're in, right. that one is an awfully high bar to clear, but we're getting pretty close. And you can make the case that we're signing in franchise history was Denny Nagel. Yeah. Or not. Uh, or not Hampton. No, Mike Hampton. Mike Hampton, yeah. Mike Hampton was not good here. But the shockwaves still exist in the Rockies organization since that deal because they don't want to give money to any free agent pitcher anymore. Not that any are going to come here. Right. But they, they are so skittish about opening the books because they're probably thinking, oh, my God, Mike Hampton, Denny Nagel, look what happened last time. We put all of our money into these two guys, and what the hell happened? 
But when you add it all together, Russell Wilson's on top of the list because he checks both boxes. He does. He really does. Now, you don't have a crystal ball when you make a trade. Like, here, Brian Shaw was a great signing for the Rockies. He was fantastic with the Cleveland Rubber Indians. arm, dependable. Yeah. But good guy. But he could not pitch at altitude. No. It was in his head. Yeah. At the time, it was a great trade. But in hindsight, you kind of have to say, or signing, you kind of have to say, well, it didn't work out. So is it a bad? Tr- so you're going to look at the GM and say, well, I agree with him. It didn't work out. So now I forgive him. Or how do you look at it? I, I don't forgive the trade. I just understand it and I can defend it. I, and I can't, I just have to, I know you say you're, you're the belief. Look, the, those two are conjoined. You couldn't have had one without the other in the case no, of the extension. I, I would contend that you could, you would have had a different extension and I would have given them a different extension. It would have had fewer years, it would have had fewer guarantees. It would have had fewer safeguards. I would have protected my five-year window more than protecting his. This is someone who next year to the point of this segment is going to be probably playing for another team while the Broncos pay for him. And that's the delicious well, part if he ends up... Like in, Nolan Arenado. Right, like Nolan Arenado. Right. That if he ends up with the Raiders, Lord help you if they somehow still beat you twice with somebody you're paying for. Right. I think that would be the low, <laughs> low moment of Broncos karma for a fan base that doesn't deserve that. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? We'll discuss Caitlin Clark breaking the NCAA women's basketball scoring record and also get into NBA All-Star Weekend, which, as, which kicks off tonight in... In Indianapolis. That's all next on Morning Drive on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. And, of course, at Sean Keeler, who's been joining us the entire morning. On Wednesday, there's an auction for government computers, police evidence, general surplus, including bicycles, workout equipment, golf clubs, computers, tools, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Find out about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. All righty, guys. Just in case you missed it, Iowa's Caitlin Clark broke the NCAA women's basketball scoring record while putting up 49 points last night against Michigan. Clark passed Kelsey Plum's scoring record and now has 
3,569 career points. She broke the record with a deep three-pointer from the logo. Uh, Sean rocking the Iowa hat today. Your thoughts on Caitlin Clark breaking the scoring record in her style of play in the women's game, just launching threes like Steph Curry. I, I laugh because this is not a Hawkeyes hat. Bruce called me on that, too. He goes, hey, Hawkeyes. I'm like, it's not. This is an Iowa Oaks throwback hat. The old Iowa Cubs, they were the uh, White Sox and Astros AAA in the 70s. But anywhere you go around here, and I'm wearing this on the live stream, I stopped wearing this out because people go, hey, go Hawks, go Hawks. And I just, and my wife would just laugh because I went to Northwestern. And everyone presumes, oh, you're an Iowa guy. You're a ba-. I'm like, no, we're in through. But Kayla Clark, how about that? Yeah, the, the female Steph Curry. I want to see that shoot. I want to see that showdown. You know that that's a TBA. The it, the golf showdown's a thing on Turner Sports. Well, wait, we we have a showdown. Sabrina Ionescu against Steph Curry. Yeah, I, I honestly, I would all due respect to Ionescu. Ionescu was Caitlin Clark. That's what, or Caitlin Clark came after. Right. Ionescu was a great three point shooter. I'll be honest, I don't watch enough WNBA to know how good Sabrina Ionescu is. But what I can tell you is. If it was Caitlin Clark against Steph Curry in this three-point shooting yeah. contest. Horse of all horses. Not only would I think it would do really well ratings-wise, not only do I think it would be fascinating to watch, Caitlin Clark could shoot easily all day from the men's three-point strike. All day. Yep. All day. Because for Ionescu, she'll be shooting from the WNBA three-point strike. Oh, she is way out. She she shoots as far back from the three-point stripe as Curry does. I used to live, full, I am a native Iowan, as you know. I used to live right by Dowling, West Des Moines Dowling High School, where she played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when she was coming up, I didn't think she was going to be that. And good for her. It's great. And I want to see that TV show. I got to think that that's going to happen. I would like to see it now. A, a The greatest men's shooter of all time. Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, you know, our generation, who, who's the better shooter? Is it Reggie Miller or Larry Bird? Bird yeah. Right? But to have a college kid go up against Steph Curry, that's must-watch TV to Absolutely. Me, especially if she wanted to shoot from the men's three-point line. Let him have it. I'd love it. All right, just in case you missed it, NBA's All-Star Weekend begins tonight in Indianapolis with the Celebrity Game and Rising Stars Challenge. And then tomorrow will be All-Star Saturday night with the Skills Challenge three-point contest, uh, the Steph Curry-Sabrina Ionescu three-point challenge, and then the dunk contest after that. Um, And then, of course, the game will be held Sunday evening. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you looking forward to NBA All-Star Weekend? Oh. What's the lowest we can go? (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess you could go negative. more than more than I am missing in grading, better than my Rob Manfred grade of last hour. So it's a four. I, I it's hard for me to get jazz about any All Star experience that isn't baseballs, which probably shows my age a little bit too. I got to admit that the NBA does it better, maybe of the other three, and I think it's because the skills things that they were able to create. That well, let's be clear, every other team, including every other sport, including baseball is trying to replicate that idea. Three-point contest, the dunk contest. You've created the uh, showbiz around the exhibition to make it more exciting. Uh, you know, It was invented here, more or less. So, is I mean, it, good for that. Is it fair to say that the 
NBA All-Star Game is a tough watch for the opening three quarters. <laughs> it's a tough watch for all four. Okay. Well, they, they start to play a little bit yeah, more right. get in the, the fourth the quarter. Total, yeah. So the Rising Stars Challenge, whatever the hell you call it, it's the NBA All-Star minus a couple things. One, a lack of talent compared to the NBA All-Stars. Number two, I know who these NBA All-Stars are. I follow the NBA, but I cannot, I cannot tell you every single guy playing that game. So I'm watching people that I don't know not playing any defense whatsoever, <laughs> right? And they're not as good as the All-Stars. So what motivation do I have to watch that? They do the ancillary stuff right. They're still the kings of that. And uh, I think that the, 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 we talked about the Curry and Ionescu. I think that's going to be That's going to be cool. That's going to be massive. Because it's different. And, and Clark is going to be there, and they're probably already figuring out ways when she's in the league to get her into the umbrella and oh. maximize that. That's and the other thing the NBA is of well, uh it is kind of the the, the the cream of the crop of, of promoting its own stars if you'll play ball with that. So they're right. just waiting. They cannot wait to get Caitlin Clark in that umbrella to go back to the first segment some. And uh they still do that better than anybody and I'll, I'll look forward to that. But I still don't enjoy what the NBA does as a viewer as much as I enjoy, say, watching Barkley and Shaq talk about it. And I don't know what that says about what the product or what it says about me. That was Iron I Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. The weekend is here, so what are you going to do? Maybe relax with a cocktail, craft beer, nice glass of wine, head on over to Argonaut Wine and Liquor, and uh, you know what? They always have great specials on wine right now. All wines from Chile and Portugal are 15% off. You can order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. You can go check them out off of Colfax. You can order off their app as well. Argonaut Wine and Liquor, best in the business with that. Sean, there's a phrase, don't quit your day job. In your case, if you do quit your day job, you'd be great at doing this. Thank you. What an absolute pleasure spending the last two hours with you. And now I'm glad it's over. <laughs> with that, uh, Nigel and Alex, great job today. He's always got to kick my butt on the way out. Sean, you were awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, awesome. my friend. Always good to see you. Make the best possible weekend you can. for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't.